And we're back in the room. Welcome all listeners, wherever you are. Good day, good day. Cheers. Cheers. Let's do a proper cheers. Welcome to the chorus, the podcast Mm. that is interesting only to its hosts and their mothers. Well, I don't even know if my mom listens. Hi, mom, if you are listening. Speaking of the hosts, my name is Stefan. My name is Bruce. And Mm. good day to you. We read books, listen to music, watch things. Play guitars, yeah, write what is, songs what is and I'm stuff like that. Still trying to say our podcast is what like an arts and culture thing, but it's really a, focused on our interests and those. Yes, it's about us, spheres. and we hope that you give a toss. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we are supping of our customary Hague Club whiskey. Yes, how, how far are we in this? Because oh, about. A Maybe a, maybe a quarter down. Oh, that's not too bad. Because so this was, yes, this was the gift of our first live guest. <coughs> we don't want to run out of whiskey before our next live guest. Hello, Andre. Gives mm. us, has a chance to... We haven't announced that, so... To, but, but, um, well, there could be any Andre. That's why fine, I didn't say that. But he, he knows. He knows. And <coughs> he could bring whiskey with him, should he want to. Yeah, fair enough. And should he want to be invited back. <coughs> Right, good. Well, I hope you found us. If this is your first time listening, I hope that someone that you love and respect has told you about us. Um, I hope that you still love and respect them. Well, we'll see after this podcast. Mm. This is The Chorus. Uh, You can find us at all the usual places that you find your podcasts. We encourage you to subscribe to us, to leave glowing reviews, uh, to spread the word, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and if you'd like to get in touch um, on the Twitter... We are at the chorus nine, the number nine, at the chorus nine, and then uh, upon the Gmail, you can get us at the chorus podcast at gmail.com. So that's for any really love ideas and stuff as well that you want to talk about. Uh, we did respond to, well, we have responded to a couple. I remember one memorable one was, "How does Neil Young get his guitar sound?" Indeed. Um, things like that. So which yeah, I got just, wrong, but mostly right. But we talked about it, which Regrets. is important. I've had a few. Um, yes, well, that's a section now in the podcast mm. is talking about what we got wrong last week. Um, but that's that's a kind of leadership, I suppose. Primarily my um, expertise there, getting <laughs> things wrong and apologizing. Do get in touch, though. Shout, tell us what you'd like. We, we, love, we love our books. We love our music. Uh, we love uh, theater. We love uh, film and television. Um, mm. So anything in those sort of realms, um, we, we'd love to talk about. So tell us what your interest is and we'll, we'll make a plan. Depending on how sensitive this microphone is, you may hear some chewing, and that's young Rosie who's chewing probably part of the furniture here. Mm. Rosie is a little um, cross Pekingese Jack Russell puppy who's an, a year old now. That is a regular feature on the podcast. So and welcome, is quite Rosie. quiet outside of the recording time of mm. the podcast and then is not at all. So, yes, you'll hear us throw things uh, toward the dog, or perhaps throw the dog. The dog, yeah. Um, toward other things um, at some point during right. the recording. Where are we starting this week, sir? Uh, excellent. Lots has happened. We can maybe start with what we've been reading because I'm still reading the same thing, which oh is is terrible. Step because it up, buddy. I am a voracious reader, and I'm actually a very quick reader. But Liar. the fact that I'm reading a book over like a couple of weeks is just evidence of the fact that I don't have time for reading in my life. But I will say that I'm uh, making huge headway through The Body by Bill Bryson. Which part of the body are you examining? At the moment, I'm in diseases, nice. which is fascinating because he talks about um, viruses and epidemics and pandemics, um, which is... You know, very apropos yes, in what we're yeah. going through. Obviously, it was written before uh, COVID he hit. He just he knew he's a prophet. Yeah, he, he, a prophet it's Bill Bryson. actually very, very interesting. Um, he says that people uh, guesstimate that there are about 800,000 viruses carried by animals that possibly could pass to human beings. So, 800,000. So, so we're, we're, yeah, it's, it's just a, lot a more lockdowns. numbers. Yeah. A lot more lockdowns. Um, I will share an, another um, fact that I found fascinating as I was reading um, the bit to do with uh, reproduction and, and birth and so on. Always the fun bit. Um, where he talks about uh, studies at the moment are indicating that, I mean, there's always been advocation or, or, or advocating of breastfeeding for um, babies because a lot of... Um, like immune things and microbial 
bio things are passed on to the child, which stands them in good stead. Immune things. Yeah, like immune for their immune system. Got and, it, yes. Yeah, all right. I kind of know what you mean. So uh, now there's studies that suggest that while the mother is breastfeeding the child, saliva from the child actually also goes into the mother's system, and then that system reacts to the child's saliva and adjusts the mix of Both whatever immunity they're getting. against children. In. Yeah, well, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, because that, that is a necessary thing. Isn't nature wonderful? All of the mothers listening have just lifted a hand and given us an amen. Mm. Glory. Fascinating. Ama- amazing. Uh, the um, the circle of life. The, the <laughs> purple we, we, circle Which we can't life. play for licensing reasons, but yeah. we... Yes. Mm. Good. So insert clip here. So, um, Bruce, what 15 things have you read in no, the time that I've read not my... Not so very much. Not carried so very on with much. Mr. Bryson. But I have, I have read this absolutely fascinating book. Um, it's It's... Unlike anything I've ever read, I think, which is saying quite something, because I've, I don't know, I've read Many certainly tens of thousands of books. Um, Temporary People by Deepak Unikrishnan, Unikrishnan. Uh, who is an Indian uh, author. Um, and its its major focus is people out of place. So it's a novel, specifically, yes. yes and no, there's another thing to talk about. Um, but he's looking at, at immigrants and, and feeling out of place, feeling under, uh, undervalued or unvalued at all. Hmm. Um, and specifically in the United Arab Emirates where the population, I think, is... Uh, or Certainly the population of workers, the labor population, is 80% uh, uh, immigrant. Right. Um, or minimum of 80% immigrant. Um, and also these people are not, uh, you know, if you go and work in the, in the UK or the US, I, I'm never sure of the, the regulations and things, but I think if you stay there for five years, you can become a citizen, all of that stuff. Not so much in the UAE. Um, you can't become a citizen, ever. But you do, have a, you do have a set time that you're allowed to work there. So you have people who need, desperately need work, desperately need an income. Um, and uh, yeah, it again puts me in mind of, of the, the very bad old days and, and the very bad current days in some ways as well where people from other countries are coming here just to earn some money to send, send back to, to wherever it might be. Um, but then you will get kicked out of the country at some point and yeah. you have no rights. This reminds me of a documentary that I watched by Vice, you know, Vice magazine, mm-hmm. that did a, a massive sort of expose on um, workers in Dubai. Mm. And how they there was schemes by employers in Dubai who yeah. would who would offer all this stuff and take the, the guys' passports when they arrived, give them rent and and yep. uh, you know somewhere to live and all these things. But it had built into it much like um, some of these pernicious things from the past, where they very quickly were unable to get out from underneath yes. the thing. So they yep. were actually. In, in horrific uh, conditions, living almost, almost like serfs. Yeah, yeah, in, in the, like this the very, weird very bad sort of days. slavery yeah. kind of thing. No, really, they were indentured servants. Yeah, and, and unable to get out of the debt that they'd incurred, clever incurred yes. by the clever bosses yeah, who, yeah. who now had this bosses. cheap, yeah, yeah. this cheap um, labor. Um, yeah, horrific. So I mean, that's that's the headspace, and it is it is that that in that sense, it's documentary and it's horribly true. Where um, where only Krishnan does so incredibly well is it. He, it's there's some really bizarre stuff in here. That's the only word for it. It's um, uh, magic realism all okay, over the nice. place, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, and just this heavily metaphorical hmm. stuff. Um, you you said earlier, is it a is novel. it is it a novel? And I, I would it's, say no. It, it, keep, it keeps saying and, it is. And is it a novel? On the blurb, it says debut novel. This and that. And I'm like, no, not so much. Um, you can read it as that. It's 28 uh, short stories, essentially. Okay. So I, I would, personally, I would call it a, a short story collection. But they are vaguely linked and they all happen in the same sort of space. Mm. So I think you could read it as a you know, as a multi-threaded novel. But there isn't, you know, Bob who goes through the whole uh, narrative um, and comes yes. out the other side. Um, Strange but some, name for some a... very, very dark stuff. Um, okay. so even some redacted stuff, I saw. Yes. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's, it's just incredibly clever. I mean, there's, there's one which... It's novel, but it's not <laughs> it a novel. It is novel, okay. but not a novel, exactly. Um, I mean, there's one which is, is straight out of a, a sort of Stephen King, almost, hmm. but you know, but very much in, in, in Oni Krishnan's own style. Um, but, I, l- I but, love but, that title, Temporary People. Temporary People. 
And there are others. Oh, no, there's some. <coughs> some uh, Brett Easton Ellis would probably read some of this and go, ooh. Okay. Ooh. Wow. Or, or Chad Prisnik, that mm. guy. What's his name? Uh, the, the one Fight Club chap, Chad Poloniak. Polonic. 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 Depending on how Can't we yeah. Yes, take a sip of whiskey. Him also would pr- probably look at some of this stuff and go, hmm, well, yes. Um, oh, okay, and that's it's, interesting. Um, it's very, it's also, there, there are, are uh, a number of, of languages referenced. So you sometimes get these sort of Pigeon English phrases and things which give this this very different tone um, and, and also give you a sense of, of what these people are going through. They're coming from their language group into a yeah. different language group. Um, and, and so somebody born in the UAE has can react completely differently to the same thing. Mm. They, they will get locked up, thrown in jail, whatever, just because they're not locals. This guy can do exactly the same thing, go and talk to the, the policeman, shake his hand, mm. whatever it might be. Um, and also that horrible thing when you don't have an identity, when you don't feel mm. that you have value, uh, the lashing out part as well. So somebody else might not do anything wrong to you, but because you just don't know how to react to yourself almost, yeah. um, there's a lot of lashing out. I, Rosie, I why haven't been roughing? Off, stop. <laughs> I haven't been to Dubai. I have been to, to Abu Dhabi. I've been to the airport. Um, no, I've been there, yes. But I've been to Abu Dhabi, and I found it a profoundly strange place. So a lot of this resonated... Hmm very heavily because it's it's uh, and I think like Abu Dhabi was and and Abu Dhabi seems to move a lot a lot faster um, hello editorial comment from the dog um, but Abu, Abu Dhabi certainly was was very much some of it was sort of 12 star and just incredibly rich and, and opulent and off this off the scale um, and then much of it was not at all yeah. And again, you would you would see these these folks who absolutely definitely weren't from around there um, on all the building sites, this and that. And the building sites were interesting as well. You'd have this two or three kilometers of sand, no road, no nothing, no infrastructure whatsoever. And in the distance, you would have a completed skyscraper, hmm. which would eventually, you would imagine, you'd be, reach, developed be developed to or toward um, so a very very strange place and I, I didn't like it. it it left me feeling very uncomfortable um, as a visitor and mm. so reading this book I really got a lot of that sense um, and as I say he's he's an Indian author would have the and a lot a lot of the, the immigrants there are from India from Pakistan and from Bangladesh yes. so he, he, he gets that it's, it's, a, it's a very very interesting book it's a very very do you think uh, compelling book I think yeah do you think those sort of the things you mentioned that that were very shocking or explicit or whatever do you think those, those are um, a, an image or a picture of the condition of the people so so if you're living in a, a, um, a situation that is um, horrific mm. then to to write a story that has horrific th- things mm. reflects that you know that it does uh, I, yeah I would agree with that I would also go further, though, in that it, while you would hope it's a story, mm. I think there's probably too much truth in there, or it's mm. too close to the truth for comfort. So, um, and in that sense, it, it could be anyway. Um, so there's one about a guy that has to work as a clown in a in a, a supermarket to try and sell a product, and what, and it's just it's degrading. Yeah. And there are other things that happen to him in the story which are further degrading. Um, but he has no, he essentially has no rights, so he can't really do anything about it. He can't afford to lose the job. Um, if he's going to make money for being degraded, he needs to choose to be continuously degraded, and so on and so on and so on. So it's it's just this. Oh, it's I mean it's heartbreaking in that sense. But it, but it's not confined to that area or this time in mm. history. You know, it's I mean you'll have the same thing here. You'll have the same thing in the states in any first first world country in any developing country. Um, too many people are doing things they really don't want to do and I mean that can be from just a sort of superficially grumpy level like I don't want to pack bags at the supermarket as a job on a Saturday fair enough to uh, if I don't whatever yeah worst case scenario if I don't sell my body I can't feed my my children or yeah. something uh, it's just and it, I mean oh yeah it's just it's brutal in that respect because it does reflect, as I say, a much wider reality, which is true. 
yeah. you, you will recognize, you will know. It's interesting that he says your winner of the Restless Books, that's the publisher, mm. um, f- uh, prize for new immigrant writing. Mm. And mm. it seems like this has become, and I think very positively, um, a new category that's being recognized, immigrant writers. Mm. And it's al- almost like, okay, now we're giving people who haven't had a voice, a voice. Finally. Finally, and this is the interesting thing. I mean, if so many nations, and America is probably the shining example of this, are built on On immigrants. They are who they are. They're they're very national. You know, the the things that people are so patriotic about in terms of America, you know, you you scratch under the surface and you realize how much of that is depend. You know, is is born out of an immigrant experience. So it's 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 kind of. um, yeah, a little bit strange that immigration or, or immigrants, I mean, a whole cultures are based on a very naturalized now, uh, are a result of immigrants. Yeah. And now yeah. suddenly new immigrants. But again, I now, if how you're listening, immigrants exactly. Feel. And if you're listening to this in South Africa and your helper in your home or gardener mm. or whatever has just walked in, please feel awkward. Hmm. Um, and please read this book, which is called Temporary People by Deepak Onikrishnan, or something like it. Yeah. And get a sense of what's going on there, because we're we, we, we are getting there, but there's so far yeah. to go. It's interesting. Um, we live in this yeah. age where so many of these things, and it's going to speak to something I'm going to chat about a bit later, where so many things, uh, whether it's sexism and paternalism and the, the gender struggle, or whether it's... Um, immigration and that you know all the race race things so many things that um, are I guess we could say wrong with the world Mm. but because um, the status quo has been held by people of privilege and haven't hasn't had to be interrogated uh, there's been this very slow uh, struggle that's been going on and suddenly we seem to now be in the age maybe it's to do with social media maybe it's a positive thing in social media that these things are really being brought into the into light mm, mm. police brutality is is more of a thing ever yeah. now because people are able to take videos on their yeah, phones that's one of the i would still say a few good things long term of, yeah. of social media is that yeah the uh black c- lives citizen, matter citizen journalism yeah. and and awareness because of it um, happens yeah the, all, all of the movements all of the other stuff the, the major problem you know going off tech now but the major problem there is that they're on very very few knowledgeable people you don't need to be an expert but you do need to be knowledgeable have a sense of perspective before you say this person is definitely wrong or this action is definitely terrible yeah I think something. it's it's a, such a slippery slope to go yeah. down because these are very nuanced and complicated matters and unless you are someone that has um, suffered or have been on the 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 whatever the the ignored the marginalized mm. side of things uh, it's difficult to weigh in on things but I just think as a blanket statement to say these issues that I think we can say are are wrong with the world are being interrogated mm. like never before and I think that's a good thing but again from from our side and not that you give a toss necessarily but please do interrogate whatever you read mm. um, inc- including books including journalism including autobiographies including random fiction yeah, well that um, was quite get a, a sense of it a deep Deepak Unikrishnan. That was a, terrible. A, a deep thing wow. to get into to start off with. What else have you been reading, Bruce? Um, yes. Well, this was this was a while ago, but I'm I'm putting it, I'm adding it to your pile because it's also excellent and it also actually starts. Oh, with I can the, also talk about things that I read a while ago. The whole Bruce. first section. Yeah, but are you though? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah, the last the first section of this book, which is uh, a collection of essays by A. A. Gill, uh, the late A. A. Gill, great journalist. Mostly known as a food critic, which is odd because oh, it's, I mean these are, and I say it's odd because these are fantastic, wonderful, insightful, uh, you know, sort of journalistic essays, and you don't kind of wrongly or rightly you don't you don't think that the guy who's going to comment on your hmm. uh, soirs or something yes. um, would would see the world like this. But yeah, the whole first section here is also about um, uh, immigrants, and it's also brutal. Uh, he goes to to camps and to uh, you know he goes to the Congo and he goes to to oh just all sorts of you know, Syria mm. just difficult places for the heart to go 
um, and and desperately unsafe in many cases, and What's so on and so on. What's called? It's called Lions in the Sand: Collected Journalism by A. A. Gill, um, and also loads of other great stuff. I mean, he's he's got great great travel uh, travel pieces, and again, like all great travel writing, um, it's this wonderful thing where it, it's not the normal perspective. All good travel, yeah. All good travel writing for me has to look at something else, um, and then there's there's other lovely things about his his own interests and his own. So I mean, there's a, there's a, a, an essay called Tweed, and he, he's been in contact with and doing work with and whatever Harris Tweed, the oh, Tweed yeah. folks, for years and years and years, and eventually he gets his own or the opportunity to design his own, mm. which. Is the nerdiest what? thing possible. That's so cool. And exactly, fantastic. A, a um, and then so the up and down and of, of doing that and and you know what it means and it's it. But it, it's just this. It's lovely. It's beautiful nice. writing. He's I will a great add it writer. to my to um, And again, important to get informed perspectives, which these are. So that's yeah. That's also great. Lines in the sand. By collected by by collected journalism. Lines in the sand. Collected journalism by A. A. Gill. This is interesting that you just said this in an informed perspective because I remember probably um, ten years ago now, a little bit more, um, journalism started to change in a big way. Also uh, through through social media largely, and the fact mm. that people have cameras and video cameras on their phones, and almost this open source of journalism started where websites, and I'm trying to remember the name of the one particular website that I know that was quite big at the time, um, and really anyone suddenly was a journalist. If yeah. you lived somewhere and something interesting was happening, you took your phone uh, and, and maybe you were given some some guidelines and, and, and you sort of did a little story and they'd put it up, yeah. you know, on this. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was, that was very good uh, and, and some of that journalism to me um, was almost better um, and there's an argument there for people who have been educated in something and maybe um, more concerned with the education than the actual practice you know there's always this when you go to university they talk about this um, struggle between theory and practice right so mm -hmm. you, get, you learn all the stuff but now you have to learn how to do it and it's the same thing with people who go to university as people who as opposed to people who learn a craft you know yeah. there's that thing about experience which often trumps education and of course the personal whatever of the of the people but some of these things were really really good and these people hadn't been educated in journalism but they'd watched some things they'd caught on how it works and they actually delivered some great stuff the converse of that in this day and age, of course, is fake news, yeah. where you get these people who present themselves very professionally, mm -hmm. as a, even as a TV channel or whatever, but have absolute cod's wallop coming <gasps> out of their mouths Such the entire language. time. The C word. Um, so I think there is a lot of pseudo-journalism or even journalism around in the world today that comes from a very uninformed mm. place and is lacking some of the very basics of journalism, like a creditable source or two, uh, or two or three checked, you know, facts yeah, that yeah, are yeah. checked. Um, uh, ten tendency just, not to I'd, go to I'd, bias yeah. and Look, these sort of things. I'd, that's just so important. I'd even make it a lot simpler than that, and just and just go also just take responsibility. Hmm. Uh, of so course, there's no accountability in those so things much for what of, you say. of online online written journalism. So uh, as opposed to to uh, you know, yeah. television, video, whatever. But just so much now, you will see that the whole story is based off a tweet or a series of tweets or social media users' reactions to something. Yes. So it's not even this the guy said thing. in cabinet that this is going to be the case. Twitter user Bob Smith mentioned the blue and then they you know they've got all the quotes from Bob Smith's thread and blah yeah which and bob smith might be a very knowledgeable bloke lovely but then go and interview him you know if he's yeah. the professor of whatever and he knows his stuff but go also and there's, to him. there's no accountability yeah. if if he was making it up by the time it exactly. gets through to whatever yeah. what are they going to say oh well he made it up there's no accountability yeah. for he he will not have to now lose his job over no, that. No, no no absolutely not why are we making a big thing of this well for that very very reason such real world division strife fighting violence is actually born out of 
people saying things or uh, or presenting things as fact and truth and journalism without any account of account of mm-hmm. accountability to it and so again it's two sides of the same coin there's all these uh, positives but you have to be so kind of careful here's some here's some homework for the week try try this when you're online don't tell d- me how to live my life don't go just try this for a week see if okay, you can fine don't uh, indulge clickbait oh yeah yeah I, I have a quite a but just just make okay. if you if you can well, for a I'll, week I'll don't do it at all my ra- don't radar do it clickbait. at okay. all, all right. um, and see how yeah see how much um, news that cuts out of your cycle if you like you know so that I'm amazed that I haven't seen more education about clickbait like I've had to learn about clickbait mm-hmm. like I see things and I, and I went through a few and then suddenly I realized oh there's this thing called clickbait where someone wants to get traffic on their website or their post or whatever so they will say something provocative yes um, and possibly very, irrelevant yes very flimsy but sounds incredibly mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. but actually is, is is not at all in order to get you to follow a link yeah but no one and and my I see this with elder or elderly people or all the older generation who probably don't Many of them don't know that there's yeah, a yeah. thing called clickbait. Very much in their minds, like getting scammed. Yeah, they're of getting it. scammed all the time, and no one's told. I haven't seen. If some you're not reading between the lines video. here, scammers and folks. Between the we, lines, you say we we hate you. Okay, you're yes. you're horrible people, and that's all we're allowed you to say. You are the cold calling salespeople of the future. Glory. What right. else are you that reading? That was dark and. No, we, we, we started I've, deep, I've and now we've gone dark. Okay. Okay, your turn. What are we? What are we listening to? Let's listen. Let's listen. Okay, so... I'm listening. Um, Wait, is that copyrighted? That's from Fraser. Possibly. Go ahead, caller. <laughs> I'm listening. Um, what have I been listening to lately? I'd like to recommend another podcast, particularly to those of you like me who are into... Um, no one's like you. Guitar. Glory. There's a really great podcast that I've discovered called Everyone Loves Guitar. Um, if only that were true. Ooh. It's hosted by, let me find the, the info here, um, Craig Garber is the, the interviewer. Um, I don't have the sort of blurb here, but my, my um, take on it is he is just interested in guitarists, uh, particularly um, sort of sidemen and like players who, who have stories to tell that have been involved with, with um like famous guitarists. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I've only listened to one kind of properly, um, and it's a guy called Richard Bennett, mm-hmm. who the um, name no, I don't no know. Bennett carry on, uh, and his two kind of big. Ge- I mean, he's played with literally everybody Is as that a studio. Me? I don't well, know all, Who's this guy? all the people that you should know. Oh, okay. But he spent a, a good whack of time with Neil Diamond, nice, and then uh, more recently, and Mark Knopfler. So he's been the guitarist touring and recording with Mark for, for, the, for the last however many years. That's yeah. always an interesting thing for me when a great somebody who's great who's primarily known for something hires yeah. you to do what they do. Mm. And he talks about this and, and listening to this part is like nearly two hours. But Richard been a very sort of self-effacing kind of humble guy, doesn't see himself as a particularly great guitar player, but would get like a call through. A, a publisher or a manager uh, or someone that he knew to say oh there's a session with Mark Knopfler come and play on it mm. and then he goes and does that and then spends the next 20 years playing on all his it's albums a long session. recording I yeah, hope, yeah. hope he doesn't get paid for session but I'd never heard of Richard Bennett yep. and like listening to him now now he's got like sort of 12 albums of primarily instrumental music okay. of his own and it's sort of a, a, a weird kind of surf instrumental meets kind of something else kind of yeah just really 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 great compositionally nice playing um and fascinating all these stories Mm -hmm. about how he got into it oh he gets the call for this who knew who to with neil diamond and what was the thing and how the guy didn't know about him and then he played this and you know really really cool so it was that there was that netflix um uh documentary about that the guys just the guys who are always 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 in the studio and you know you know they've yeah, all played on a thousand the side men or, or the wrecking crew is a great one as well played on a thousand yeah. different albums and you 
you don't know them until they pick up a, whatever the instrument is and play that, that passage, yeah. So his first album, Richard Bennett, was called Themes from a Rainy Decade, and he obviously puts thought into his song titles because mm. like, he can, you know, the proud and profane. Um, the flaming Palomino. The Flaming Palomino, which they talk about as well, which is kind of a Western mm, mm. galloping horses, high chaparral deal. Um, so that was quite nice. I also recommend one of his called uh, Code Red Cloud 9, which I think has just come out on vinyl as well. Um, April by Twilight. Very when Connie used to care. Yeah. Uh, contrary, oh, Connie, you. contrary cocktail. I mean, what? <laughs> Segway to sundown. Yeah, Segway to sundown. So does, some, yes, yeah, lovely. Uh, in a cozy blue lanai. A lovely right. day to cry. Uh, Walker Humble Road. Anyway, so... Uh, um, Richard Bennett. Richard Must Bennett, I, rec- I, I recommend him. Um, Mike... Cam, Mike Campbell, who's the guitarist for um, Tom Petty? Campbell, yes. Yeah, Mike Campbell. Yes. He's got a band called the Dirty Knobs. <laughs> Insert of he does. joke here. <laughs> um, and he's uh, releasing an album. He's got a few uh, singles out. Uh, the album's called Reckless Abandon. He's just released a video for a song called Irish Girl, which is so Tom Petty and the Heartbreak. Obviously, he oh, wrote yes. a lot with Tom, so it it's not surprising be. that it sounds like it, but it's really, really And great. another one that's really rude by the looks of things, but yeah. which we won't say no, here. We won't it's a family show. Uh, and then I've also, on Richard Bennett's recommendation, when he was asked sort of what could he recommend that he You and to, Richard are old friends now. Well, uh, Charlie Parker with Strings, which I hadn't uh, discovered before. I don't know why, but um, obviously Charlie Parker, bebop, jazz guy, but... Um, with strings so it's with obviously orchestration that I'm really enjoying lovely um, so Ooh. that is kind of what oh and then then uh, speaking of sidemen um, and I'm a big fan of the sideman Mike Campbell um, mm. notwithstanding is um, Nels Klein who plays mm. who has played with Wilco for the last yes. however long who's kind of started as an avant-garde guitar player does these sort of you see that's just an excuse noise that's albums. just somebody when you if you can't play and you go no it's avant-garde well until you join Wilco and you yes. definitely can 20, 20 minutes of he's got a group called the Nels Klein Singers okay. uh, and there's no singing he's also instrumental stuff <laughs> um, he's just got a new album called Share the Wealth which is quite avant-garde but interesting there we go so uh, Segunda is the first track on Beam sp- Beam slash Spiral is uh, a song exactly. yes that'll definitely so um, yeah I've been uh, listening to oh, excuse me have been listening to those things um yeah. Yes, very nice. What have you been listening to? See, uh, in terms of what you were saying, um, with the the reading, and you haven't caught up with the reading, I'm, a, I'm all over the place with listening, which makes it sitting down and talking about what I've been listening to quite difficult, because then it'll be a song here and a song there and a song somewhere else. Um, so I thought, let me, let me get a little more um, disciplined, because this is how listening happens now, is not as many albums are marketed as albums anymore hmm. you know if, if, if you're streaming you'll get a song popping up by this person and that person the next thing if you go down the rabbit hole which you did you will then find whole albums from Richard Bennett and Mike Campbell and everybody else right. but you do have to choose to go down the rabbit hole so I'm in, I love uh, playlists I like that and expression it's very literary it was there Alice we go through the looking correct, glass correct. very nice um, rabbiting on um the what was I saying? Yeah, so I love the I playlists and the things that that's for instance Spotify or whoever chooses for you yep. and discover new stuff. I love, I love doing that, and I do it. It sort of fits into my general choice sort of style, which is kind of oh look, there's something interesting, and let's try all of Ooh, them. So so look. you know, I'm, I'm never going to be a guy that buys a case of wine look for instance around, because oh, there's really. a different bottle next to it, and I want to try that one as well. Um, if someone ever gives you a case of wine. Just I'll keep give it. it to me. That's fine. Um, uh, yeah. Or, or there we go. Or I'll have however many bottles there are. You see, I don't even know. Um, there'll be there'll be that many gifts regifting. Ah, yes. What a glory. But anyway, that's a long way of saying that um, the Indigo Girls, who oh, have always been one of fine. mine, have always been one of my top five, maybe top three uh, artist bands ever. Um, for me, influentially, they're just oh, because I'm an, I'm an acoustic. Yeah. guy who sings and loves harmony that's what they do mm. and phenomenal songwriters phenomenal players phenomenal singers um so sort of beginning of lockdown a couple of uh you know the occasional singles started popping up and i you know you see the new cover oh it's new stuff but you again Ooh. you need to choose oh you need to choose to go down the rabbit hole to go and find out what it is and yeah. i finally did that now 
um, finally for the exactly for their new album, which is well, it's not so new anymore. This year's album, uh, which is called Look Long, um, and it's their first album in five years. Gosh, um, which again though, this is an interesting thing to me. Are they the Indigo Women now? Correct. Is it uh, which changes watersheds? Whole, anyway, um, the that thing of if you're a recording artist, do you aim to record an album anymore? I don't know. Or do you record enough songs in a row? <laughs> you know, hmm. while while you, you so this weekend we have some time, let's record a song, and in six months' time we have some time, so let's record weird. a song. And then yeah. do we get to an album that's just a bunch of songs, or do we sit down? This one is an album, which is lovely because it ties together thematically that kind of stuff. Um, and stuff. I, I stuff, and I love that. I love that. I, I, I that turns me on that whole thing of, of thinking about a whole kind of artwork with a yeah. multifaceted artwork. Um, a tap- so, tapestry with many threads. Yes, thank you, Carol King. Um, this one was recorded at Real World, which also is exciting for me. I'm a big Peter Gabriel fan. Mm. Um, and yes, as I said, with the, the themes, I mean, Indigo Girls, again, a lot of guys will say, oh, it's just two ladies and they sing some nice tunes. They've never been afraid of confrontation. If you listen to mm. all of their stuff, um, they will quite sort of aggressively take on whoever they feel needs taking on and it usually um, I'm in agreement with them politically yeah. and that kind of stuff as well so, so do you think in terms of how how big they are I mean they're a successful band mm. but they're not I'm you, reason why I think of that is I think of the Dixie Chicks mm, mm. who 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 weren't as confrontational as, as sort of in an activist centers, sense as yeah. I think the Indigo Girls are, but I remember the Indigo Girls were like the biggest band around, and they made a comment, I think, about George, George w. Bush. Bush or something at some point, and yeah. actually it, it, it sunk them for, for, for a while. It did. Whereas these guys, I think, aren't of the same, at the same echelon yeah, no, level, couple, so, couple of so they can there. get so, away with it. So they made, A, Natalie Maines, the singer for the Dixie Chicks, now the Chicks, there's mm. no Dixie anymore. See, they've taken that out, hmm. which ties into this point: is that they made that comment in Texas, which is Bush's home state, I think. Right. Um, so, you know, again, confrontation, and Natalie particularly is very in your face. Yeah. Um, a fabulous artist. But what's the difference between that? These and this? guys, because again, they're not they're not as in your face. There's also there's also a glamour thing. I think Dixie Chicks, just part of part of the design of the act, if you like. Uh, three very attractive women, you know, with all the the lights and the this okay. and the that. These are two um, now um, middle-aged women, etc., etc., playing guitars. But do you no, think no pyrotechnics, no this, no that? Just do you, just do you think there's a numbers game though as well? Because if you're playing to a club and you say something, it's not it's not going to re- yes, reverberate yes, through yes society no. as much as it, as a stadium. I in think Texas. It is, I think we chatted last week about cult. Cults and yes. how that works. I mean, they're not cult followings or Tom Tom cult? Waits, for instance, is not yes. bigger than the Indigo Girls, mm. but very influential. And if he says something, then Bruce Springsteen might say something. Oh, look, right, Tom right, said right. That. Okay, so etc. etc. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think I think it is that thing where and like Tom Waits is a good example. They've stuck they've stuck with what they do. They do what they do. If you like it, great. If you don't, doesn't matter at yeah. all at all. Whereas the Dixie Chicks, also, and again, outside of their control as well, were very much a. A kind of a frontline act, you know, like there's Shania, here's the Dixie Chicks, here's somebody else. Yeah, We're all going to put on the big tours and the big stadiums and the big whatevers. That political Whereas landscape. Whereas here, these guys can fill a big room or mm. an arena or whatever, but they can also just as comfortably pick up a couple of acoustics, acoustic guitars yeah. and play yeah. in a coffee shop. So um, it is an interesting thing. Okay. So some of the themes they are taking on here um, gun culture, um, comfort in your skin as a gay person, they're, they're, both, they're both lesbians. Yeah. Um, and the ch- with the complex challenges of being an American at the moment. Um, sure. So that you can write forever about that. Um, I was interested, the producer, John Reynolds, who they have worked with before, but he uh, he worked with has worked with Sinead O'Connor. He was married to Sinead for a while. Oh, wow. Uh, Brian Eno, Damien Rice, Glenn Hansard, Herbie Hancock. Okay, sure. Interesting dude. Um, and I've always loved, um, not that he's necessarily been responsible for all of it, but I've always loved their sound. As I say, as an acoustic guitarist who sings and loves harmony, if I'm recording, I could I could just go make it sound like them, please. Yeah, um, I, as much I, as you can, because they have wonderful space, they have wonderful guitar sounds. Yeah. Even they're very natural, but yeah. just a, a little bit of treatment. They have these wonderful. 
I see them cut Choices from this, the same cloth as as Paul Simon and, and Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think yeah. you know, obviously that's folk the, lineage. Yeah, where they, the lineage that they come from, and they're like a more, you know, the next level of that. The the more contemporary, mm-hmm. although they've been around for ages now as well. Sort of version of that. Very very good. Great songwriting. Oh, great lyrics. Great. There's also guitars, that, that, that partnership thing because um, Amy Ray is generally speaking a little edgier a little angrier um, and Emily Celia is is kind of more melodic Celia Celia very, very South Celia S-A-L-E-I Celia also as a guitarist go check her out just on some of her guitar playing stuff because every now and then she will do something on YouTube or whatever which is just a great guitarist and horribly underrated but but yeah so you do get you do get this lovely sort of partnership there as well where there's some harder hitting angrier stuff and some some sort of more nostalgic and yearning okay. stuff yeah, yeah. Um, all over there so just some of the some of the songs that are there when we were writers uh, was one of the first singles which is just the very much their classic sound it couldn't be anybody else um, and it's a it's a beautiful song and the theme I, I can identify with certainly um, change my heart has got this really sort of chunky it's a that's a fascinating song from a musical um, perspective chunky kind of southern rock vibe which throws in some very Beatlesy strings at some point and then also has these major minor huh. shifts in phrases so they'll you know in in the same chorus or verse or whatever it is they'll half, half of the line will be minor the second half of the line will be major interesting and it's effortless and you just get annoyed as a normal uh, musician um, country radio is is one of the it's a beautiful beautiful melancholic kind of moving thing about your know, identity and I want to be like this and you know I'm just somebody from a small town listening to country radio it's very very beautiful it's story of my life absolutely uh, muster is, is is lovely uh, sort of pulsing electric guitar thing and then mandolin hmm. so great great sound there and then favorite flavor is is very weird it's it's a sort of um, I saw it in another review it was sort of the guy said it's kind of a mix between REM and the B-52s, hmm. which I think is a, is a good fit for the sound of it. Um, and the, all of all three of them, the REM B-52s and the Indigo Girls, all come from Athens, Georgia. Ah. Which, can you just imagine then being random guy in Athens, Georgia, you go to the local coffee shop in the 80s and 90s. Sure. And there's these guys playing. <laughs> I mean, these you know, this is, this is your down-the-road uh, Friday night entertainment. So really, really... Uh, good album. I need to listen to it a lot more because I own I don't know about thirteen or fourteen uh, Indigo Girls albums on on the old CD. Hmm. Um, I'd love to own this on CD. That old chest. Um, I still collect those. Love them. Um, but uh, yeah, so I need to I need to get into this a bit more just to see where it kind of sits with all of that. But okay. again, they they tend not to write any weak songs, which again, as a normal musician, is is quite annoying because mm-hmm. um, they have written hundreds. Um, but wonderful so check that out if you're vaguely interested in folk if you're vaguely interested in, in harmony if you're vaguely interested in uh, acoustic guitar playing if you're vaguely interested in songwriting all of these and more done very very well again um, on Look Long which is the new album by the Indigo Girls check it out very nice, very nice. Very nice. what else have you been listening to no that's it as I'm saying all, all over the place I need to I will for the purposes of the chorus uh, get more uh, disciplined. Disciplined, you say? Well, what you just do in the privacy of yes, your own home we'll have is discipline. your business. Um, right, let's move on to what we've been watching. Um, do it. Do I thing. have always been um, a Seinfeld guy. Um, I, do like I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I've got. I've actually got the the DVD box set with nice. the coffee table book. And uh, the Seinfeld September is kind of a thing where I try and watch it all the way through again uh, each year. That's um, so I'm a Seinfeld guy. I'm, it could be generation. I'm not a Friends guy. I, I, you know, I find Friends um, flippant, funny, but um, yeah. Whereas uh, Seinfeld, <laughs> I think, has got uh, a touch of genius to it. Anyway, uh, since completing the show, Jerry's done a couple of uh, stand-up things, mm. but he um, produces, uh, stars in, and directs a show which started in 2012 as a web series mm. called "Comedians in, in Cars, Cars Getting, Getting Coffee. Coffee." Now. I love it. It's such a great thing. You know, he's into cars. Jerry Sunbeam, he's like Jay Leno. He's got, you know, uh, a, probably an aircraft hangar somewhere mm-hmm. in Manhattan mm-hmm. just full of cars. So he's a car nut. How do you land um, an aircraft in... Anyway, carry on. And uh, so he, he came up with, you know, in, in the early days of web series, you know, um, just to produce some content, 
um, his whole thing was he he's done with the with working as a chore. Yeah. Right. He doesn't want to speak to people that he doesn't want to speak to. Glory. I hear you, brother. Uh, what he wants to do is speak to people that he wants to speak to. Yes. And so he said, what I'll do is the people that I enjoy talking to, I'm going to choose a vintage car. That by, sort of suits yeah, the... Yeah, for the most part. Uh, to tie into what I sort of think of when I think of them is the car. Um, and I'm just going to pick them up and we'll drive off and we'll just chat and we'll stop for some coffee as well. Um, and Jerry Seinfeld, I find um, very, very funny. Um, I think he's quite he's, he's a strange guy like all comedians mm-hmm. are he's got his quirks but he's he's very um, grounded in, in who he is as a person he's, he's, I think another way of saying that having watched all of if not most most of if not all of that that's, those series yeah. as well which is fantastic I love him um, what I enjoy it, it's a weird thing to say he's arrogant he, because, and he's so grounded in who he is yes, that he's he, going. I'm. He, he, knows, he, he never says I'm Jerry Seinfeld, but he's going. I don't I've like been, this. Yeah, I've been successful. A, I have this. Yeah. I'm happily married. You don't need to know about my home life. Shut up. Yeah. Um, this is this is interesting. Let's do what I want and go home. Yeah. And he's very uh, almost opinionated, opinionated in a sense of that he knows what he thinks and how he feels about a great many things. Yes. He's he's not one of those people where everything is kind of up and open for discussion. He'll be like, no, no, that's... He calls bullcrap on things. And he'll say, no, no, <laughs> to no. To tie into our earlier point, though, he's generally researched it. He's yes. he's, he's well-informed. No, no, he absolutely is. He has perspective is. on it. You don't and have to like it, but he does know what he's talking about. For someone who could, in terms of earnings, yeah. really exist in a bubble of... Kanye West style <laughs> weirdness. Bollocks. You know, he could live like yeah. that. He doesn't. Yeah, and I'm sure he has elements of his. Like someone said to him, uh, I think he was in an interview with David Letterman at the end of one of Letterman's. Uh, Let me introduce my next guest, whatever thing. Where they interview each other, and David Letterman says, "So where do you go on holiday?" And he stops for a second, and he, you can see Jerry going, "I don't want to answer." Then he goes, "I go." all over the world to the most wonderful places and see the most incredible things. What do you think? He's like, you know, this is the lifestyle Don't you know who I am? that I'm yeah. that I can do, so I do it. Yeah. Um but I I love the conversations he has um with with a diverse um, array of comedians. You do see that thing that I loved about Seinfeld, the the little things that he focuses on, mm-hmm. the little things that he yes. finds funny. Idiosyncrasies and stuff, yeah. And my favorite one of all, well, I have a lot of favorites, but one of the ones that stood out to me is uh, where he goes with Larry David, who wrote mm-hmm. Seinfeld, mm-hmm. A, a good portion yes. of Seinfeld old with friends him. as well. But they absolutely share a sense of humor <laughs> like no other two people. They will literally sit down and, and he'll say, oh, look how this, look at this the handle on this cup of coffee. And we'll then spend the Riff next on that five for 50 minutes, minutes yeah. and end up like in the jungles of Peru with a sloth that has a sore toe or something. You know, it's just from that little thing. Yes, yes, yes. Well, not, actually not that, it'll be very banal. It won't be that yeah, exotic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's hilarious for me. I mean, it really is my sort of sense of humor. And I find it hilarious and I find it uh, idiosyncratic and bizarre and I love that. But also the, the, the quest, and again, it's, it, it is an idiosyncratic thing, but I love the let's go and look somewhere new and interesting for a good cup of coffee. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just so snobby and whatever when I say it. Yes, I get it. But um, my marker, actually, I think I've told you this before, my marker for quality of life is can I afford a good cup of coffee now? Hmm. If I can't, I'm, I'm in, in trouble. trouble. Right. Um, if I can, and again, we t- I mean, keep in mind we're talking about sort of 25, 30 bucks here. Um, sure. If I can, I'm okay. So it doesn't take too much, but I, I, I resonate with this kind of thing because I would, yes, a great day for me as well would be oh, to do something. Imagine. You know, I mean, for you, Let's for, go for us, guitar, it might yeah, exactly. look at guitars but and have a cup if, of coffee. If we could get a great car as well, just for fun, just yeah. for fun, we're not petrol heads, but. Let's get the great car. Let's go there. Or go to an old, you know, some some amazing old bookshop or whatever it is. Um, you know, meet. Um, oh a, yes, a bookstore, a, a music a store, meet and coffee. like a Mike Campbell or whoever yeah. for coffee. 
Come Amazing. on, let's do that. Fine. Look, sorry, this is the last podcast. This is podcast. the worst podcast ever. <laughs> We've just got a much better idea. Um, this Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee was, as I say, originally a web series started in 2012. It was on a digital network called Crackle and then moved to Netflix for the 10th season. Now, here in South Africa, the Netflix has it, but I think there are sort of five or six, I can't, it's not called seasons, it's called something, iterations. Yes, yeah. And there's, I think, highlights from Collections. Each, yeah. Highlights from each from from sort of five or six seasons. Okay, and I've just w- finished watching through them, so I haven't yeah. watched everything exhaustively, but I've watched the ones that are available on South African Netflix, and they're about fifteen minutes, twenty minutes each, and they're just fantastic. They're, they're happy, happy. They really, happy. really are good. And again, you also you get what's also lovely from what I remember is just the flattening of some of the spikes that that some guys will come. So somebody like Bill Burr. Yeah, for instance, who I, who I like and respect, he, but he'll he'll often sure he's a, he'll often pick a fight. Yeah, he's a um, and volatile with guy. with Jerry being as kind of just stone, he'll yeah. stonewall everybody. Yeah, and so you no, well that's a stupid thing to say, Bill. Why do you say that? Yeah. And you, 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 you I don't to, I don't buy that at you all. You have to Nonsense. argue with him. Yeah, yeah, and and it'll generally, as I say, flatten this kind of spikiness out of that, and make it very funny. And of course, if you are a, a comedian in a car or having coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. You probably do feel you need to be at a certain level. You, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of them a will know that they'll, they'll be friends, but yeah. but you'll still have to kind of keep up, which I think is part of the fun of being in a you know, friendship with somebody like that. Yeah. Um, other things that I've been watching, this is probably the thing that has the most hype and buzz at the moment, particularly amongst Netflix aficionados, is The Queen's Gambit. Yes, it's on our list. The Queen's Gambit um, is probably the show of the year. Uh, certainly on Netflix, I would say. Um, it stars, what's her name? I don't know, what's her name? Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy. Nice. She's been making um, waves now for a bit, Anya Taylor-Joy. I think I saw her on um, M. Night Shyamalan's movie Split with James McAvoy. Then I saw her, I think, in Peaky Blinders. She's in New Mutants. She seems to be everywhere at the moment. And this um, show, The Queen's Gambit, is very much centered on her. She is... The, unquestionably the protagonist the star Mm, of the mm, show it is about chess in a sense she is this chess progeny phenom Mm -hmm. um, from a very young age prodigy prodigy that's what I was looking for so she is essentially an orphan Uh Um, her mom tries to commit suicide with her in the car and she survives and and ends up in in a home where she starts playing chess with the the custodial engineer or whatever the dude there and um but is troubled as well uh, but like a once in a generation gifted in terms of chess so the show focuses on her she's she's very very watchable uh, she's very pretty like uh, she may be a model as well she has quite a unique look very sort of mm-hmm. wide set eyes and um very very watchable all of the characters are really watchable. I love the way the show is filmed. I love the... There's a lot of clever stuff going on. Mm-hmm. The first episode is quite slow and quite dark. Uh, her as a child in this home. Possibly even to the sort of the second uh, uh, show of the series. And then she's sort of the grown-up version playing chess. Um, I like that it focuses on chess. Mm-hmm. It's again this vindication of Revenge of the Nerds, the geeks. I remember the show Chuck came along, where yeah, the, the yeah. geek, is in, you know, a computer guy suddenly um, had the, the pretty spy girl falling for him. And it was the geeks, the, the people at school that were bullied and picked on, are now the people that are the boss of the people. Yes, the yes. jock who blew his knee out in the first season of college football is that now guy. working for yeah. the, the guy that he bullied. Literally at my at my tenure I think your tenure high school reunion, that guy was doing donuts in the in the parking lot at the end of the evening yeah. while the nerds were talking about how well their private companies were no yeah, the yeah. companies oh, the that companies. they were running we're, we're doing, doing. Yeah. yeah so so this has become a thing now where we suddenly realize that all all of that popularity of the high school jock is is nothing it's yeah. the it's the cerebral the intelligent the nerd the geek these are the people that are now successful um, jerry seinfeld yeah there is a, a a caveat to that i don't think um 
I think if, if, if there's a privilege in the sense of old money that can circumvent yes, yeah, that. Yeah. So you can still be the, the popular groomed, good-looking, um, not particularly bright or achiever if you come from, from old moneyed um, privilege. Which begs the question, these nerds and geeks who've now become very successful, will their children come from a sense of privilege and not have to mm-hmm. be like that? I yeah. don't know. Maybe the genetics will... will Play in the face of it. But anyway, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is this chess uh, phenom. It's shot so brilliantly, down to things like um, the clothes that she wears that have like a check pattern on them, mm, mm, mm. Uh, uh, reflecting the, 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 the chess board. Chess. Well, it's still on the same uh, board. <laughs> but there are sequences, like there's one that I watched where there was a particular, they built up to a particular tournament, and the whole tournament was shot in this montage that was really kind of 80s in its its <laughs> thing with the the music that was going on and it, it sort of flew in the face of a lot of else Simon Le Bon dancing in the background not not quite but, oh. but very very considered Wasted very very clever um, um, styling like the dresses that are worn are incredible you know the, the clothing it's set in the 60s so that is incredible in terms of music and counterculture and mm. also as a character she is very powerful. Uh, I saw a headline for an article I hadn't read yet about uh, how she is um, um, such a great character in terms of a, a woman, a woman who is in control of her sexuality. Mm-hmm. So there's that um, sort of a feminist underpinning of of a female lead that is very very strong. She is also an addict. So there is this undercurrent of addiction, which starts with tranquilizers and gets into into alcohol. So there's a substance abuse thing, and we'll see how that um, pans out. I've got one episode uh, left to watch in the first season. I'm sure there'll be a second season. I don't know. Um, where she's kind of now uh, uh, sort of fallen off the wagon. Well, she wasn't on the wagon, but she's kind of hit bottom in terms of her substance abuse. But um, it's interesting... In in as we were talking earlier, this generation of hashtag Me Too and uh, addressing paternalism and sexism and things, I think there is something very powerful in an excellent show mm. that has a female lead that doesn't make a huge song and dance about it. Yeah, I find that almost more effective than oh, than doing a show on a massive. Um, famous feminist or suffragette or whatever I think, it is. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bigger discussion there. And maybe if, if she's a, a friend of mine in Cape Town would be the perfect um, he's an editor and, a, and a, a feminist in the, in the proper sense, in the thought through. And she annually on, on Women's Day and that 16 days of and this and that and the next thing, she's just, she has a, a very well-worded, keenly, you know, directed and, and quite brutal rant Okay. About how, if we need to, if we need to have these events on women's behalf, then we're not societally we're not doing it right. You know, it, this hmm. shouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, the whole point is it shouldn't be an issue. And yes, I, it uh, should be a natural. Completely agree that yeah. you know, if if it's the best person for the job, kind of thing. Again, if if whatever it is, um, I think there's power in presenting the world as it should be. Yes. A hundred percent, yeah. You buy into that. When I was watching Lovecraft Country, Mm. there was an episode, and again, it's um, Jordan Peele and interrogating race, where a segment of the the episode was in this um, imagined world Mm. where the races had swapped. Okay. So the black people were the privileged ones. And the white people were the yes. ones who had been slaves, and, yeah, yeah. and and all of the racism was directed at these white people yeah. who were the seen as less yeah. than. And it was so fascinating to present that world because yes. it said to yourself, "Whoa, oh!" And it could be, and, and will yeah, be, yeah. and you know. So to present a world where there is no mm. sexism, or in that sense, always no prejudice against a particular sex, and say this: imagine a world. I think there's power in that, presenting yeah, no, something as, as it should sure. be, rather than making... Having said that, obviously, in, in a real world, we, we do need to fight against things, and, and often there's a period of um, overcorrecting something, overcompensating, in order to then bring back to a, a yes, tempered yes. medium. And I think yeah. that's inevitable, that you're going to have to... Which, again, will tie into <laughs> the sort of clickbait mentality because if it's a case of this is the talking point at the moment or we can stir something up again yeah 
uh, we will do that for the sake of getting higher ratings for our program or our article or our book or whatever which again we hate you yeah. so don't do that I highly recommend The Queen's Gambit Fantastic. it's a it's yeah it's really great and then the last thing I just want to mention my wife and I have been looking for series to watch we generally sort of watch two shows in the evening we started um House of Cards, and then we're going to sort of take a break between each season of House of Cards. We're watching Jane, uh, we're watching Queen's Gambit. But the other thing that we watch sort of uh, to end off and a little bit more lighthearted is Jane the Virgin. Mm-hmm. Jane the Virgin is a show that's now on um, Netflix as well. It is a comedy. Um, it's um, sort of centered on a, a character called Jane, played by Gina Rodriguez, uh, and it's uh, Latin in its uh, largely in its casting, mm-hmm. uh, it it draws on some things from telenovelas, okay, which is quite nice. In fact, there is even a telenovela in the show, and there's an actor who's in the telenovela that. They, but then there's things that happen in the show because it's not a telenovela; yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a comedy. But there are things that happen in the show that draw on that so this person will suddenly have an evil twin and this you know and then uh, um, so it's really um, charming and funny uh, Jane is art, is has her grandmother said you must be a virgin until you get married mm. and she took it on very seriously as a young woman and has been fighting off her long term boyfriend and then um, goes for just a regular checkup and, and is mistakenly artificially inseminated <laughs> So now she's pregnant, but she's never oh, had no. sex. And then the father, <laughs> she discovers, is actually a guy that she met a while back that she had a bit of a connection with. And oh, it just goes on and on. What I love about it is there are like seven seasons and there's like 23 episodes in each season. Yeah. So it's forever. You know, hours yeah. and hours. Like of Modern watching. Family. We're yeah. watching our way again through, through the whole yeah. thing. We did that a while back as well. Uh, um, and... Um, it's it's just funny and and uh, absurd in in a delightful way and it's light watching and mm-hmm. um yeah i'm i'm jane really enjoying jane the virgin very fantastic what are you watching well i've just uh, among other things i'll do yeah we'll get to some more but let's also keep an eye on the time for now um but watching bits and pieces when there are multiple uh series of older shows i've sort of completed now ray donovan Oh, fantastic! I don't Which know if I've watched such, the latest. Season. Such a great show, very, and very I'm good. very upset that they, they apparently it's finished. Now. Oh, really? Um, okay, I must watch whatever. The I think it was seven. One. I think it's the seven. Is it season. John Voight? My goodness, what um, a character! John, John. Look again. I think what he does really well is that you like him, don't like him, That's like him, it. don't like That's him. Absolutely. But for me, Ray Liev Schreiber yeah. is just a phenomenal so thing. Great. I like, I like the concept of the whole thing. Um, that concept of the anti-hero where the least bad guy hmm. is the good guy hmm. or as close to because Ray is not a nice man no he's, he's a horrible horrible bloke he has some principles which he upholds very strictly um, and some which he's quite willing to throw down the toilet um, but when you look at him next to his dad he is so yes, redeemed exactly. <laughs> you think what a great or, guy or some of the people he works for yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that's also crushing again he's yeah he's a what is he? he's like a bodyguard enforcer type yeah. uh, fixer all sorts of names you could call him for essentially rich hollywood types who are just often the worst kind of human being um because they're so entitled and so rich yeah. and they want so many bizarre weird things uh if you've watched californication you'll have yeah <laughs> a snowboard idea. of those to refer to but um Beautiful again. The thing that I love most about great TV: beautiful writing, fantastic writing. Yeah. It just it goes in unexpected places. It gives people layers, even if they are these kind of brutal, you know, smack you with a lead pole types. Mm. Um, and they, you know, and they're yeah, they're not uh, ethically reliable, um, and so on and so on and so on. You do find yourself. It's like Breaking Bad in a way. You do find yourself kind of rooting. Yeah, for he's, bad he's guys. so cool, Jay, yeah. Ray Donovan. You're like, man, I want to drive that car. I want to wear those sunglasses. Just, exactly. But also, I just <laughs> I don't want to beat people to I can't death see, like him. And it's also what I, what is interesting, yeah, is that I can't, and I don't want to see anybody else but Liev Schreiber playing him. Yeah, and it look which could be bad for Liev. From I don't think so. He's he's a hugely talented actor, and he's um, yeah. I don't think he'd be you know, highly rated and that kind of stuff. But. Um, well, maybe. Same with, with uh, Walter White. Who was the actor there? Uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. It's, again, he's, he's just got that. He's perfect for that. Mm. And you can't now see somebody else doing this very iconic character. So, yeah, I mean, just this uh, eight seasons of, of kind of brutality and running around behind people's backs and yeah. juggling. That's another thing with the writing. They have to, because there's so much lying. Mm. 
they have track to of. they have to keep track of so much deception and juggle so many kind of threads and people and and jobs and it is uh, very good trying trying to make money out of yeah squeeze new money out of everywhere and and being violent uh, his brother is 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 a boxing gym yeah, owner yeah that is amazing he's a british actor oh, um, he's a wonderful, so, wonderful performance so i forget good the name that. but sure. um just great great dynamics um john voigt you mentioned is the father figure um yeah. and again what he does well because you you're not annoyed with john you're annoyed with the character yeah often i just like can we could we actually do without the character could we kill him off um, which comes up every now and then in the writing yeah. as well, um, but you just you just going. I don't like this man. Can he go away, please? Yeah. Um, and everybody is so duplicitous and and behind everybody else's backs and so on. But yeah, consistently good. Maybe one or two moments over the whole thing, where you kind of get the feeling that you know there's a contract here, hmm. and we didn't really have to go down that side alley. You know, for a, for a whole episode or whatever yeah. it is, maybe, but literally, maybe one or two episodes out of the whole seven or eight seasons. Um, Very good. Loved it, um, and will probably, yeah, it will probably be watched again at some point. It's um, where I discovered Randolph Sunglasses, which is an American sunglass okay. company that pr- provided sunglasses to the the Air Force, and he wears these Randolphs. You get them here in South Africa, but they're quite expensive. Well, you got to, yeah. They're probably built to take a punch if, yeah. he's, if he's wearing. He does he, get punched a lot. He does get punched. He, gets, a lot. he takes a lot of. He takes a lot of, of damage. Yeah. So that's us for the week. Right. Very good. The Very chorus nice. podcast. Thank you once again for listening. If you're listening, please spread the word. Tell your friends, family, enemies, whoever. Um, I did say I did put up a post this week of uh, if you had listened to it because last week was our tenth episode. Our first one was very long, so we split it into two. So on the on the the, oh. the broadcast channels, it was our tenth episode, and I put up something if uh, um, if you have listened to if you can prove you've listened to three or more, you can get a free hamster, um, oh. which then led me into some trouble because I now owe a few people uh, a hamster. So we'll work on, on sourcing some hamsters um, and delivering them. My because, suggestion uh, is one that... Of the, one of the listeners was in the UK, so yeah, I was there will say be a delivery issue. Maybe a dead hamster. Um, look, you didn't, you didn't, I didn't, speci- I didn't okay. specify. specify. So fine, a dead hamster. Yes. Stuffed or even. age or anything. So yeah, we'll make a plan. But if you are due a hamster, if you have listened to uh, to more than three, thank you. Um, please listen to more than 10 because this is number 11 and um, keep listening and keep sharing and keep telling people uh, we hope you are enjoying because we are we're having a blast good look out for some uh, guests in the near future and yeah we've got some plans and things to do Um, Bruce and I wrote a song we did we did and it's called Between the Lines Between the Lines recently Um, which we will endeavor to record which is also I I did notice because it came up on my playlist the other day a Sarah Borelli song but that I'm going to take as a as a very good omen a good sign um so yes good so, so you might you might uh, hear something on that all right everybody thank you once again for listening and until next time good day goodbye good day.